The emotions are strong today. There's a good chance that the spirit will fill me today. I will most likely get a little fired up, so I want you to come with me on this journey because we're going to talk about a story. We're going to talk about the story that's, that's happening inside, the story that's happening outside, the story that's being told about you, and the story that you're telling about yourself. And if you come along on this journey with me, I promise you, with everything that I know, it would be very powerful because it's not me speaking to you today. I have notes. I have slides. We might even stay right here all the, time, the whole time. I don't know what Christ has in store for me today. I have no idea. I always create a plan. I create a plan. <laughs> and then he says, oh, Stephen, really? And then I go, yeah, right. So dearest Father in heaven, thank you for blessing us incredibly so much. We have the means to make it to church today. Let us focus our eyes on you that you are the beacon of light of all hope, all grace, all mercy, and salvation. That in all we do, we praise you in the ups and downs, lefts and rights. Give us the ears that we need to hear to hear, and give us the voice that we need to speak, that our mission is not to be here at church, Lord. Our mission is to go out there and spread your word. Let us use you in everything that we do, all that we say. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as some of y'all know, I wear glasses, so I, I have clear ones, so I trick everybody. Come on, that was a little funny. <laughs> so, uh, I'm really grateful to be here, and I'm, I'm incredibly honored that Pastor Bill had asked me to come. You know, it's really, it's, uh, it's amazing to be standing in front of everybody and to, to speak God's word. It's, it's just awesome, you know. So, very first thing I want to do is, you know, we want to take a look and a lot of us, we enter into conversation with our already listening ears. And those, how those are created is because we're created with our own knowledge. So, I, I encourage you to come to me with, with a blank slate and hear what I have to say today, because the, what I'm going to share with you today absolutely 100% changed my life about five years ago, and when it did, I couldn't keep my mouth shut about it. And it's all about how we are, how we am, and how we've gotten here. And if you take a look, like I said before, we have a story. You know, I, when Pastor Bill uh, texted me, because we're texters, he texted me, he's like, hey, can you do November 10th? I'm like, uh, of course I can. I'm going to tell you no, but it's going to come back yes anyways. <laughs> and I heard the song, uh, My Story by Big Daddy Weave, and I didn't hear any of the words. It didn't matter. It was immediate. He said, my story. And I went, you're right. I had to tell a story. And it's not my story. It's not your story. It's our story. It's, it's a story of, of everything. And how is your story created? Well, if you take a look, we're all writing it right now. It's just like having a journal. We have our memories, our experiences, and everything that we've gone through our lives, and we're creating a story on every second of our day. And that story started as, as far back as you can remember. And sometimes they're like Disney World, right? We have Disney World stories, and sometimes it's kind of like Nightmare on M Street stories. <laughs> we have all kinds of stuff that happens throughout our lives, and it's creating who we are. It's how we, it's how we live our lives and how we have meaning. It's how our beliefs are formed and how we move forward, and more importantly, it's how we create action. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. I am. The devil has really got me, and he really tried this week. Actually, he tried the second that Pastor Bill texted me. And this week, you really hammered me down. He's like, Oh, yeah? You have some good times? You feeling pretty healthy? I'm like, Yeah. He's like, Cool. How's the head cold feel? I'm like, ah, You stink. 
<laughs> and then he's like, he goes, how you feeling? I'm like, going to bed last night. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Got a little bit of a congestion. And he goes, cool, how are you going to do tomorrow when you have no sleep? So he kept me up all night long. Sorry, baby. <laughs> Danielle was uh, struggling with my, my sleep issues, too. And then as we were coming in today, as thank God for Robert, he was helping me out this morning, getting everything set up. And, you know, there was one thing after another, and all I can think of was like, man, you're doing your best, but you have no idea how mighty my God is. You have no idea how powerful he is, man. You can come at me with every single thing you got. You got nothing, nothing. So I'm going to tell you a story about incredible highs, incredible lows, and victory. If you follow into yourself in this story, you'll realize that anything really is possible. And all that happens is happening exactly the way it's supposed to. So how do we create our story? Well, our, our story, as I already mentioned to you guys, it's, it's through our own personal perception. It's how we view the world. It's how we see things happening around us. You know, if you turn on the news and you're watching the news all day long and you have a negative experience, you know, day in and day out at work and things might not be so great at home, well, the view of the world could be quite negative. But how we, and, and unfortunately, when we do that, as we have that negativity, it really pushes out the room for God's greatness into our lives. And it's, it's just kind of how things happen. And most of the time, we don't know how we got there. And I'm also going to show you how we create the entire thing. So how it's created, as I just mentioned, we create a belief system around our experiences, which creates a meaning of what we know, and then it creates beliefs. See, a lot of us, I know there's some long-time uh, um, Seventh-day Adventists in here, and your belief system was created around the church. God bless you guys for, for that long-term experience. My long-term experience started back in 2010 for the church, <laughs> so I was a little bit behind. So my belief system shifted and changed as we, as we continued to move on. So the neatest thing is, is your story that I'm going to talk about today is you're the, you're the author. You are the author. Isn't that great? Or are you? There's a possibility there's a couple of authors going on here. So if we take a look at Job, and I spoke, the last time I was up here was back in February, and I talked about Job. Now, I'm not going to give you the whole story about Job again, because I think that you probably know it. Uh, my favorite part is actually in the middle, which people think I'm a little bit crazy for, and I kind of like it like that. So if you take a look at Job in the very, very beginning, uh, he's pretty happy, right? I mean, why wouldn't he be? He had everything he wanted. He had his great family. He had all his, uh, his livestock. He had a great place. He had his, his brothers and sisters. He had his wife, and he had everything going for him. Until, Satan and God had a conversation. Job stood up. Hold on. Are we here? Yeah. Once, once Satan stepped in and started talking to God, and he says, of course he has faith. He has everything he wants. And he says, we'll see about that. And you know how that part of the story goes. I'm not going to educate you on that. You can open up your scripture and look in Job. But if you look at chapter 20, it says, Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will, leave, I will, I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. And you're like, man, how could you do that? Like, you lost your whole entire family and everything that you had. How can you continue to praise? And if you, if you, in fact, if you ask Job at this time, he's like, it's easy. Do you not know my God? As it continues to go, it looked like I had a lot of stuff, right? I'm already past page one. Satan replied to the Lord. You see, it's easy sometimes when we lose things, we can say, well, 
I lost my car, lost my home, lost my job, lost my money. Sometimes when, when family members pass on, we allow space for more love into our hearts. And Satan was like, yeah, let's tag him personally. Skin for skin, a man will give up everything he has to save his own life. Now, isn't that true? Not for everybody, for, for the majority of people. This is why people tell on, or tell on, I'm acting like I'm talking to my boys. <laughs> this is why it's simple when you say, this is why, uh, and if you take a look at other countries, why torture works. I'll tell you anything you know if you just stop doing what you're doing. Nope. Job held fast. Where are we here? His wife stepped in. Do I have this up here? Sure do. His wife says to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Now, I don't know about you guys, but if my wife said that to me, that would be hard to hear. Curse God and die. You're hitting strife. You're hitting these, these, these um, speed bumps in life. You're hitting a wall. You're hitting adversity. You're hitting strife. Throw in the towel. You're fine. Throw in the towel. Give up. Curse God. It's hard for me to say that. I don't even like saying it out loud. <laughs> Job replied, <laughs> you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from, hand, from the hand of God, never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Let me move into chapter 3, and the story started changing. See, while you're in your story, and while things are happening around you, it's really hard sometimes. It's difficult to not see what's missing and what's not here. It's really difficult. I'll be, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm not perfect. I am not Superman. I don't have a cape. Uh, my boys think I do, but eh, I've just got them fooled. <laughs> but if you really take a look when you're inside of what's going on, it's, it weighs on you. When you're like, I've been praying so much, and I'm not being fulfilled financially like I've been praying for. And it gets difficult. We allow Satan to infiltrate our minds and take residence up here. And as soon as we let him, and you know, by the way, he just rents. He doesn't own. Just so y'all know, you can, you can evict anytime you want to. So if you take a look at Job 3, <laughs> at last Job spoke and he cursed the day of his birth. Let the day of my birth be erased and the night, erased and the night I was conceived. Where do you need to be to wish you were never born? To wish you never met the people that you met? To wish you never had the impact you had, even if it's just for a second? Where do you need to be? I can't imagine where Job was at this point in time in his life. Or maybe I can. And I'm pretty sure that all of you can too. Everybody has that moment. It's like, would the world have been better off if I just wasn't here? Sorry, I'm just speaking the truth. If we continue moving on, his story is changing. It's like, okay, I, he went from, okay, I got, I got this, right? Remember in the very first part of Job, he's like, I got it, man, cool. Even when his wife was busting his chops a little bit, he still pulled back. He's like, nope, God still has me. And then he said, well, this is getting kind of rough. 
And then all of a sudden now we're here and he says, I wish I was never born. What changed? Nothing. He didn't lose any more. Nothing changed. His perception of what he saw started shifting. Well, maybe God doesn't have my back. Maybe God's not there for me. And he starts reasoning. He starts cursing. He's frustrated. Then he had his buddies come in. (laughs) Come on, this is a good slide, man. (laughs) There's Paul Rude with his entourage. He's got, for those of us who remember, that's the Incredible Hulk, Lou Ferrigno in the background, in the back. Uh, He's not the same one my boys know. (laughs) He was like, for real, the Hulk. Man, that guy was gigantic. (laughs) And then we continue moving forward, and his friend Elijah is trying his best to help him out. He says, if someone ventures a word with you, will you be impatient? But who can keep from speaking? Think how you've instructed many and how you've strengthened feeble hands. And he's telling Job, he's like, man, you've been there for so many people. You've helped so many people. You've ministered. You've preached. You've, you've shown them how to live their life. And here you are taking a step back from the one that empowered you to do this. It continues on. It says, your words have supported these who stumbled. Thank God I've had people in my life for that. You have strengthened faltered knees, but now trouble comes to you and you are discouraged. It strikes you and you are dismayed. See, a lot of times we just read scripture, put the emotion to it, really get what's being said here. Should not your piety be your confidence and your blameless ways your hope? In other words, receive the words you've been telling everybody else. See, Job was so far into his story, he, had, he heard nothing. Some would say, well, what could he do? He lost everything. He didn't even have his health. It was pretty bad. He was fighting for his current self. He was fighting for his current situations. He was fighting for everything that he was. He was fighting for his own story. The constant story running through his head is like, whoa, what am I going to do here? How can I ever make it out of this situation, this circumstance? I'm never going to be here. In fact, the horrible, horrible thing was, if I, if I stand here on the edge of this step and all y'all are sitting here and if I asked anybody here to help me with something, I guarantee you there's a majority that would say, yeah, I would totally help you except for this. This is where Job was. He saw nothing past here because he couldn't get out of here because Satan was filling him with negativity, strife. You can't make it, Job. Look. See what I took away from you? Doesn't matter what you have, it's going to go away. And it's, it's a very similar theme as we continue going through chapter 4 through 7. In Job 7, it's, his story continues. It says, let's see. Oh, sweet. He actually stated, I despise my life. I would not live forever. Let me alone. My days have no meaning. Man. Imagine that. Imagine being there. You see, I've, I have spoken with people throughout the last few years that have lost hope. They're sitting in despair. Maybe they're, they've been diagnosed with depression. And I know this, this conversation. I've spoken this conversation. Mm. It's hard to say out loud, but man, I'll tell you what brought me back. God. God created hope, man. He put hope in me. 
He's like, Stephen, Krivda. That's when you know you're in trouble, by the way. He says to me, why are you focusing on what you don't have and everything? Why don't you move your focus just for a second and just see what I've given you? And the moment I do that, it comes back really, really quick. So if we continue moving forward in chapter 8, Bildad replies to him, now his friends are really trying. I mean, you got to give them credit, right? How long will you go on like this? You sound like a blustering wind, right? He's not quite as patient as his other buddies. He says, does God not, does God twist justice? And the answer is absolutely 100% simply no. He does not twist justice. And this goes on through uh, uh, Eliphaz, Bildad, and we move on to chapter 10. And now, <laughs> he's blaming God. How do, you reject, do you, how do you reject me, the word of your hand, while smiling? No, I'm sorry. How do you reject me, the work of your hand? You ready? While smiling on the schemes of the wicked. That is placing everything else outside of ourselves and keeping God out. While we think he's ignoring who we are, how do we know what's going on? There's been a joke around my house that it would be really cool that if I knew the book of Steve, like not even the book, like just the chapters. <laughs> like chapter four is so hard. Oh my goodness. Is chapter five better? Oh, good. Okay, cool. Now I have something to look forward to. Imagine if we just had that, if we could do that, but we don't have that. We don't know why chapter one, two, three, and four is what it is. We don't know why there's different chapters in our life. We don't know why things are happening. All I know is one thing, and I'm going to get ahead of myself here, is that nothing happens for nothing. There are no coincidences in God's world. Nothing happens for nothing. All right here. Now he goes on to bitterness. And if I hold my head high, you hunt me like a lion and display your awesome power against me. Again and again, you witness against me. You pour out your growing anger on me and you bring fresh armies against me. He's telling God that you're not for me, you're against me, which goes completely against scripture. But it doesn't matter what is real and what is truth. It doesn't matter what is in this when you're in your story. It is what is here. Is what is here is what is it's the lies that the devil is telling you about yourself, what you are going to accomplish, and what is possible. This is truth. Amen. When you're fighting anything different, it is not God. And the fire has only just begun with me. I haven't even gone there yet. Zophar enters. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm a little ahead of myself. Joe spoke again. You people really know everything, don't you? Now, I don't know about you. I've given advice to my friends before, and they're like, you think you know everything, Steve. I'm like, nope. I just know scripture. I just know the truth. You people really know everything, don't you? And when you die, wisdom will die with you. Now, imagine how you have to be here. Where is his heart here? Well, I know a few things myself, and you're no better than I am. Who doesn't know these things you've been saying? In other words, I've heard it all before, Steve. I've heard it all before, Bildad. I've heard it all before. Your meaning to me is nothing because I've already got my own story going on. And I know the truth. So he says, 
Might have to get my Superman glasses out in a second here. So we can go fast forward to uh, uh, chapter 14. Oops, no, we can't. Yet my friends laugh at me, <laughs> for I call on God and expect an answer. I am just and I am a blameless lamb. Man, yet you laugh at me. Now we continue to move on. You have decided the length of our lives, talking to God. You know how many months we have to live, and we're not given a minute longer. See, remember I was telling you about a few minutes ago, I said, wouldn't it be cool to have that book, maybe the syllabus of our lives, some of you university students, and understand where we are and how everything's going and what to look forward to? Do you really need to know? I can hear some yeses and nos in your minds. So leave us alone and let us rest. We are like hired hands, so let us finish our work in peace. Man, oh man, he is really frustrated with God. He is really having a difficult time here. I think you're starting to get my point. That the moment we take our eyes off of God and start placing our eyes on ourselves and seeing what we don't have, we allow the visitor to come into our minds. See, Job argued for his story and for limitations in the way and all the way to about chapter 26. And then he recaps. He tells all his friends the same exact thing over and over again. Chapter 27, your Job's final speech. Chapter 28, Job speaks of wisdom and understanding. Oh, he's coming back a little bit. Nope, just kidding. Chapter 29, he says, Job speaks of his former blessings that I don't have anymore. And then he goes on to chapter 31, or 30 through 31, and he returns back to arguing and frustrations and bitterness. Whew. It's hot. I don't know if it's my fever or Holy Spirit is grabbing a hold of me here. You guys okay with this? Yes. I had a friend of mine that said to me a while back, he says, man, aren't you going up there? You're brave. I was like, brave? What do you mean? He was like, aren't you afraid about being judged? I'm like, by people? No. There was only one judgment on my mind. Elihu had enough. He tried to warn him of the arrogance, of his arrogance in God's justice. And to, to this, God steps in. Oh, man. Imagine God stepping in and actually speaking to you. I don't know if I could handle it. I think I would probably just have a stroke. <laughs> he steps in and reminds Job exactly how big God is. Our God is an awesome God. No matter the storm that rages around us, God reminds us that he is there. When we were in Irma, Things were going pretty crazy. I don't know about you guys. I was a little concerned. Category four, are you kidding me? Look what happened up in northern Florida. Why didn't it happen here? I don't know. I guess probably not really for me to answer. I was scared, though. <laughs> Only for a little bit. I was with a very tight fa praying family that day. And I got hope. Because I stopped looking at the size of the storm and I looked at the size of God. And I said, if you take my house from me, we'll build another. And you're like, well, easy for you to say. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. I can only imagine God's thoughts as he fought with Satan back in Job chapter 1. And he said, no, man, Job will remain faithful. And he's watching his faithful servant falter. I can't imagine the pain that God had. As a father, I don't know what it's like to have um, a child go through that kind of pain. I've seen short bouts of it, and it's really painful. So I can't imagine how this is going on through long term. 
So the story started fine. Then went to God punishing me. Then he was left behind by God while the wicked continued on. So what's the meaning here? God rejected or left me? Hmm. What's the belief that's created that? I'm not good enough for God? I've felt that way before. It's usually what drops me to my knees, begging and pleading for him to accept me for who I am. And then he took himself out of himself and his circumstances, and he goes, oh, there's a lesson in all this. He fought God tooth and nail, and here's the truth. Cool. God doesn't punish. God is our Father. He loves. God rejected. <laughs> Job took on why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? What about all the others? Am I good enough? Look, before I get too fired up about that statement, you know, this is very interesting. Do you know there is no, there's no word for coincidence in Hebrew? I had no idea. I heard this the other day, and I'm like, whatever. So I looked up where we all look up stuff. I looked up Google. And then Google sent me all kinds of different places. There's no single word for coincidence. Isn't that funny? Isn't that coincidence? Then in Hebrew language, there is no coincidence. There's just a bunch of stuff. There's a combination of happenings. And why do you think that is? Why do you think the Hebrews don't have that word? Why do you think we created it? Well, it's because there's a bunch of non-believers that say, look, man, all that great stuff that's happening to you is just coincidence. All that bad stuff has happened. It's just coincidence. It's not coincidence. There's a plan that is specifically designed for you and you and you and you and you and everybody in here. There is a plan that God created for you. There is no coincidence. There are no coincidences. There never is and there never will be because everything is specifically designed to create the person that is sitting in this room and whoever's listening to me on live right now. There is no joke. If you're going through strife, well, man, maybe you're supposed to go through it. Maybe you're being, being uh, uh, groomed to minister to the lost. Maybe there's somebody that you're going to meet in your future that has lost everything that you need to step into and say, look, man, I get it. I was there too. Here was my experience with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He filled me with power and strength when I was terrified crying in my room all by myself. I didn't want to talk to people. And I felt a little hand on my shoulder and it said, hey, I got you. And I put my hand back on his hand. I was like, thank you. And the minute I said, thank you, I accepted him back. I have no idea where I am on this thing. Does it matter? Nope. The moment we stop making all about us and our circumstances... The moment we stop making it about who we are and we stop making it about our circumstances and our situations, we actually allow room for God to come back into our hearts. And there are some right now that have asked and they've prayed, because I have too, and they do it with gnashing teeth. <laughs> Test me, God. I'll tell you, excuse me, if you do that, there's a good chance he's going to. 
<laughs> if you ask to be stronger, he's not going to send you, you know, some, some hormones to give you. <laughs> he's not going to give you the perfect protein powder, I'll tell you that much. He's going to put you through something to, to strengthen your faith muscles. And there's a reason he's doing it, because you asked. And the reason you asked is because you said, I have faith in you. Maybe you ask to be a better servant. Maybe you ask to be closer to God. Maybe you want to be used as an example of what God's true power is. God, help me help others see more of you. You think he's going to be like, well, Steve, if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, and just read it to a bunch of people, that will work. It's probably not going to happen. We are, in an we are in an experiential world now. People experience things. There's no proving things anymore. We show. They will know that I am a Christ follower by my love, Amen. not my incredible reading abilities, which use a little work sometimes. Sometimes we get hit with personal strife when our prayers get answered. We're not ready for them. Sometimes when they get answered, we forgot that we asked for it. Sometimes it's personal strife. Sometimes it's financial. Sometimes it's we're lost. He took my gramps away. He took my mom away. He took my nan away. We got ups and downs that are happening in our life. And last time I had something big, I lost it all. So why bother trying anymore? Was all the happiness that I had a facade? Was I tricking myself? Maybe I was lying to myself. Sometimes it's with reflections of the past decisions that we made. I was mean to my family. I treated the people in my life that are, like there were less than. I lied to people. I cheated and I stole. And because of this, how can I be worthy? Here's the truth. We're not. But by grace and mercy, we have received salvation. And by ourselves, we're not worthy. But by that cross right there, we have become worthy. Instead of receiving this test, we sit back as though as God has forsaken us. God states, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I don't know about you guys, but he's always been pretty honest with me. He didn't leave the Israelites. He didn't let Peter drown, which was, thank goodness, because he had his own book, right? He didn't leave them, and he's not going to leave you. And I'm going to tell you something, and it's not because I don't care, because I do. I love every single person that's in here, because I believe that no matter who you are on this earth, no matter where you are, even if you're a murderer, and you could talk to me later if you have a problem with that part of it, I believe that all hearts are good. You were born into love in a sinful world. 
The first person you saw, you got met with those eyes. Whether it was your mom or your dad or a nurse or a doctor, you got met. And somewhere, the heart got damaged. And I don't believe people are mean on purpose. I believe their hearts are broken. I believe they've removed Christ from their hearts and they're trying to do it all themselves. I believe they're stuck in their own stories. So when I tell you that I love you, I mean it. I love my brothers and sisters because we're all children of God. When you do wrong towards me, it's okay. I'm not perfect. So here's the issue that's been up here up until now. I believe for most of us, we've forgotten who we are. I believe that we don't even know that we are the child of the God of the Most High. I believe we've been, per- I, 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 with everything that I am, I believe that we forgot we've been covered by the robe of righteousness. I believe that we are surrounded by the army of angels that are protecting us from the outside people. I believe that everything that we have has been guided by the Son of God. And because of this, you are an overcomer. You're a victor. You're not a victim. This is a story of triumph. Your story is a story of triumph. No matter what you're going through, when you put on your knees and you look up to God and you say, help me, give me the strength to make it through, you can. And the moment that you do that, that fills your heart so much, you realize that that statement of I can do all things through Christ becomes kind of real. It's not just for the ones that are good. It's not just for a select few. It's for those that believe. You are a champion who owns our story because Jesus Christ died for you. And you are here for a reason. So it's, start, it's time to start rising up against the evil one, the Satan, the one that's trying to keep you from coming into church, the one that's keeping you and messing with your mind and, and telling you that you're not good enough, the one that tells you that you can't strive and, and reach the whole heavens, the one that makes you late for work and really tries to mess up your day, the one that pushes you off your, your guided, directed path that God has you on. We need to get past our circumstances and situations to start living the life that Jesus Christ designed for you. And it's a life of salvation and greatness and hope and grace and mercy here on earth until we get to the day where we can see him face to face. You have been given a purpose. Every single person in here. And you know it. And the only reason we're not stepping into that true purpose because we allowed the story to tell us that we're not good enough to do it. And I will tell you right now, with everything that I am, I know, and I don't guarantee things, but this one I do. You have a God-given purpose. It's time to step into it. Because the moment you do that, you realize I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you can, close your eyes. You don't have to look up, but your eyes are shut. Lift your hands up to God with me as we close this out in prayer. Dearest Father in heaven, thank you for this day. Let us, let us walk in your path that you have for us, Lord. Let us not question what is going on in our lives, Lord. Let us keep our eyes on you that no matter what we are going through, we know that we are being prepared to minister to the lost, that all that is happening and surrounding us right now is designed to knock us off the path to your grace and your mercy and your love. 
Let us be strong as a congregation, Lord, that we spread your name, we spread your word, and more importantly, we spread your love, that we stand together tight as the army of God and allow you to put your hand on our shoulders to lift us up with confidence because we know that you have given us purpose, Lord. Let us see it. And let us be safe today. Be with all those we so we pray for in Jesus' name, amen.